Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. And if you know me, you know I love the 20s era. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love drama and thrills, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? You can chat and play with or against others by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first pop culture kiki of 2024. We're so happy to have you here. As always, it's Kelly Williams. And Troy McKeaty. And we just want to give a shout out to all the little things art. Um, She created body scrubs for us, some wax melts for us. I went to college with her, saw she was working on a working with a podcast and I was like beyond the blind should do that too so if you buy a scrub or a wax melt you're supporting a small business and they're genuinely really good I've never really been like a wax melt girl I've always just like lit candles and now I'm obsessed she also sent the little wax melter like the one that you plug in Mm -hmm. which was really cool and the body scrubs are all really really good I'm obsessed with them it's like yeah and we love a small business we do, we do. What was your new year like? Did you do anything crazy for New Year's Eve? Or so, holidays, really? I guess we haven't recorded since before Christmas. Yeah, I know. Um, well, so for Christmas, I went to New Jersey and I spent it with my best friend Katie and her family. And it was so fun. And I was like super grateful that she let me come over and crash their little party. Um, and yeah, it was fun. It was just chill. We, you know, I made some mac and cheese to add to the spread. Like it was just cute. And then um, New Year's, this is so funny. So I wanted to do like a chill New Year's. I wanted to do like a chill, just hang out in the house New Year's. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, I should get a hotel so that I can like order room service and like take a bath and like whatever. So I was just looking at hotels, trying to book like what was cheapest and what was available because obviously it's New Year's Eve. I'm an idiot and I booked a fucking hotel in Times Square and I didn't realize. Oh. Yeah, and I couldn't, you can't like cancel it, you know? <laughs> so it took me like two and a half hours to get from the West Village to Times Square, which is where I was. And it was insane. It was absolutely fucking insane. I met this couple. <laughs> They were lost and we ended up being in the same hotel. So we walked to the hotel together and we became friends. Um, But it was absolutely insane. But it was cool to be able to walk outside and be at the ball drop. Like unintentionally, I was at the ball drop. um, And then I was able to just go back upstairs. But it was very cool. And it felt like, I don't know. I was like, this was like meant to be like, 
I was meant to get stuck here because it was my first New Year's in, in New York. So I mean, not many people can say they've been in Times Square for New Year's Eve. So even though I'm sure it wasn't the easiest to get to, like how cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. And I was right in front of Ryan Seacrest, my sister. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was so weird. Like I could hear him echoing because I was watching it in my hotel and I could hear him outside echoing. And I was like, this is surreal. So yeah, I just went outside and stood there and filmed it. And it was really cool. I love that. Yeah. What about you? Um, Christmas was fun. I flew my stepbrother in to surprise my stepmom. Oh, cool. So he flew to New York and then we flew to Boston and like I rented a car, got us a hotel room. And then the next day we got to surprise my stepmom at dinner and she hasn't seen him. I haven't seen him since our LA show, whenever that was. Oh. Um, so that was cool. That was a lot of fun. And then New Year's Eve, honestly, I was asleep by 11 PM, but I was fine with it. Cause I'm a big fireworks girl, love fireworks. Mm-hmm. And randomly at like Domino park at 8 PM, they decided to shoot off professional fireworks to the point where I was like, this is too loud and too close, but I'm into it for now. Cause it's early. <laughs> but too loud and too close fireworks means that they were good fireworks though they were really good and they went on for like 10 minutes but I was kind of like why are they shooting off professional fireworks in Brooklyn right before midnight that is very random yeah it just didn't feel right yeah yeah that's fun though I also I just love like I'm not really a new year's girl oh okay it's not my choice holiday I just feel like There's a lot of expectation. A lot of people get let down. Everything's crowded. Everything's expensive. You know, it's hard to like enjoy wherever you are because it's a nightmare. I will say for it to have been my first time in Times Square for New Year's, it reminded me, I kept telling people that it was giving Gilead. It was giving Handmaid's Tale because (laughs) it was so weird. Like, I mean, Katie told me that they do this every year, but it was like, It was sectioned off block by block by block by block. And you had to explain to the police why you like should be able to cross to the next block. So you did like explain your reasoning and like I was uh, and and it was just so weird listening to people be like, like my reasoning is this hotel. These are my credentials. Here is my Expedia, like blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, that's not good enough. And some people would get turned away. And then some people, they would be like, okay, you can go. It was really weird. I mean, at least they're taking safety seriously, but what? <laughs> yeah, it just like was kind of illogical, a lot of it. And they were you- like, you can cross at this block, you can cross at the next block. And we would be like, what's the difference? And they'd be like, it just is what it is. Like, okay. Not is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I can't believe it's 2024. Did you get to see any like performances out your window or did, like when you stepped out of the hotel? Is there anyone you saw other than Ryan Seacrest? No, I saw Sabrina Carpenter. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't think of her name. Um, Yeah, she was like right outside where I was, like right outside my hotel. That's cool. I'm glad you got to see that. And too bad you didn't get to see Rita. She did a great job co-hosting. I know. I was like, Rita is so close to me right now. She's like a foot away, but so far. So I wanted to start this episode off. I finally saw Saltburn and I need to talk about it. Okay. So spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen Saltburn, make sure to use the timestamps. But I can't lie. I didn't think it was as crazy as everyone else did. 
Yeah. Um, and this is what happens, right? Movies get so hyped up, especially on TikTok and Twitter. And people are like, this is the craziest movie you've ever seen. So I went into it like Requiem for a Dream type of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were definitely some scenes that like, like the bathtub scene was was gross. Um, when he goes down on the girl when she has her period, that was kind of a lot. And I'm like, okay, but this is also like weirdly hot. I need to talk to my therapist about this. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah. I thought the craziest scene that no one's talking about is when he rips the trach out of Rosamund Pike. Yeah. And the, and the noise that she makes when he does it, it was like, I, I think that I saw it at a perfect time because mm-hmm. it had just come out and it wasn't like, I wasn't really seeing anybody talk about it. It was mostly just people being like, what is this supposed to even be about? Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't any TikTok like now it's like a thing to film people's reactions and film your mom watching the bathtub scene and blah, blah, blah. Like it's really gotten like crazy hyped, but um, I just loved it. And it, it made me, I loved it because it made me view Jacob in a different way. Same. I, <laughs> and the press tour for this movie has also made me view him in a different type of way. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in love with him. And on our Stoner episode, somebody asked us if there were any, like, movie stars. I think he is classic movie star. Great example. He's, like, the only one of the newer actors, I'll say, that really, like, held my attention. And mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it because I watched Euphoria and I was kind of like, okay, I get why people like him. He's tall and good looking. But yeah. now I'm like, wow, he's actually a really good actor. He's a great actor. And he's not, like he's not obnoxious about it like listening to him talk about playing Elvis I actually find very interesting um when he talked about just like trying to channel him and connect to him and stuff and not like what like Austin being like I it changed my voice like shut the fuck up I you know what I mean I just think I don't know I'm really charmed by him and I thought he did a great job in the movie um And I liked the like nuances of the early 2000s in the movie. They didn't like try and hit you over the head with it. It was just like, if you know, you know. Yeah, I guess I wish that there was like a little more explanation at the end. I get Mm -hmm. it. Barry's character wanted to become famous or wanted to become rich. I get that. But I almost wish that his nerdy friend in the very beginning kind of came back around and he was like also helping backstage because I... It just felt like there was a big component missing and they were trying too hard to be like almost like a Cruel Intentions type movie or some kind of movie like that. But the tie in at the end, I guess, just wasn't enough for me. I think it's a watch twice movie. That makes sense. I think it's a movie that you have to see a second time and then you probably I haven't seen it a second time, but I've had a lot of people message me. And say, I'm doing my second Saltburn viewing and you need to do it a second time. And I get that because it's like, there's so much nuance. And I feel like you would pick up on him being a psychopath so much easier, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I just have to say, Rosamund Pike is the greatest part of that whole entire movie. She's so good. She was so funny. Everybody was so funny. I was going to say, I wish people talked more about it as like a comedy thriller mm-hmm. instead of some like suspenseful because I'm watching it and laughing and I'm just kind of like, no, I'm enjoying this. I'm not. And I don't like suspense movies or scary movies. So it was just funny to me. Did you 
also see Iron Claw? I did see Iron Claw. Okay, because I saw it last night and I'm still not okay. Let's talk about it. I'm so excited. I'm not okay. Like, I'm not okay. I was sobbing so hard in the movie theater. Blair, like, reached over and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, don't touch me. Like, <laughs> let me process this. And I'm really glad I knew, like, the background. Because anyone who's listening, if you haven't watched the Von Eric episode of Dark Side of the Ring, try and do that before you see Iron Claw, just to, like, prepare. I did not. <laughs> I was like... I guess spoiler alert again, but I was like, how many people are gonna die? Like, what is going on? Uh, cried that hard in a theater in so long. It's been a long time since I belly cried like that. And what's so crazy is, you know how they said the oldest died when he was a child? Mm-hmm. He committed suicide too when he was way older, but like, I think the storytellers or something were just like, this is going to be a little too unbelievable if Mm -hmm. three commit suicide. It was honestly just so like, it was interesting. They kept talking about the curse and how the family is cursed and stuff. And I was just like, the whole time I was thinking, yeah, the curse is their toxicity. Like their toxic masculinity is a curse in families. It has been destroying and ripping families apart for centuries it's crazy what an insecure, the way that an insecure man can bleed out onto everybody around him and so in such detrimental ways. It was just horrible. And like, I don't know, it just made me so sad that all the brothers just like loved each other so much and they were all so supportive of each other and like never realized that their enemy was their dad. And I think I'm getting chills talking about this scene, but it's at the very end when Kevin's trying to win against Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And Ric Flair walks into the um, the locker room at the very end and he's like, you put on a great show. Do you want to get drinks at the bar? Just proving that like nobody took it seriously other than the Von Eriks. Yeah. And yeah. it was such like a moment of like, wait, if Ric Flair, the guy who's, this massive wrestler is just like, oh, that was crazy. Let's get some beers. Mm-hmm. But the Von Erics, because of their dad, couldn't see it that way. Yeah, and they did a really good job of explaining, um, like, the mechanics of, like, wrestling and just, like, how you, like, level up and how, you know, the belts are just basically, like, promotions. And um, it's like, yeah, like, they choose who wins, obviously, but the show that you put on mm-hmm. is, like, what really makes you a star. So, like, Hulk Hogan in the 90s could, like, lose a match, but it's the fact that he puts on such a show that he'll still get promoted. Like, yeah. I thought that was really interesting because I've never really understood that, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah, I think the whole movie was just really well done. What did you... Before I ask about the acting, I will say one thing that really bugged me is obviously like Jeremy Allen White and Zac Efron got huge for the movie, but Zac Efron is not 6'2", no matter who you put him next to. Mm -hmm. And I think that was actually a big issue for me watching the movie is like, yes, they're huge, but the Von Erichs were also really tall. Mm-hmm. And I think just because, again, because I watched that, I knew what they look like in real life. It was hard for me to be like, that's a heavyweight, especially with Jeremy Allen White. 
yeah, Jeremy Allen White is tiny. He's teensy tiny, no matter how how you cut it. But like Zach's physical presence, I'll be honest with you, it was like I don't even really know how to put it into words. It was just like I was like, I, what am I looking at right now? Like he was big in a way that I never thought I would be able to say that's Zach Efron. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? I know what you mean. Cause even with his like acting, I had to be like, holy shit, that's Zach Efron. Yeah. I got so lost in it. Yeah. I think I- I've seen people say Zach Efron was kind of the weakest link out of all the actors, but I don't agree with that. I think Zach very much held his own. I think the brother who played David, like the taller blonde one, was kind of like the best out of all of them. Yeah. But Zach was incredible and he deserves this fucking Oscar nom. I don't know if he's allowed to. Like I keep seeing different um, reports, whether he'll be nominated or not, but I hope he gets it. Yeah, I don't agree with anybody saying that Zach. Listen, were there moments where I was like, oh, that's Zach Efron like acting? Sure. Zach Efron is not. He's not like that kind of actor. Like you're not Daniel Day Lewis. Yes. Like you're not going to look at a movie and be like, oh, I forgot it was Zach. Like you're always aware that it's Zach Efron in a movie. But he really, really gave it his all. Like he gave everything he physically and mentally could to this character. And I felt like, I don't know, like I I think that people are maybe confusing like the character like his character choices because he's like insecure you know he doesn't speak up much he's like a mumbler like I didn't think it was bad acting I thought it was Zach just like being the character I don't know I thought he was great I I don't know I'm I'm rooting for him I hope that he gets nominated and the thing that people don't realize is they were all homeschooled by their dad like these weren't educated people yeah and not to say people who are homeschooled aren't educated it's just like their dad was teaching them yeah he was and he was isolating them right and only wanted them to be wrestlers he didn't want them i mean the brother who was into music he's like you're a fucking idiot go wrestle and that's what killed him god it was so oh i can't even think about it i'll start crying again but it was so good i was so like and when i saw it i was like up at the front like you know like those sections of the seats that are like in front of the screen and then there's like the stadium seats I was the only person up at like the front seats so I could really like sob and not be embarrassed and I was like I was ugly crying I really was was there a scene that really like pushed you over the edge yeah it was Zach carrying Jeremy Allen at Jeremy Allen White like to the table I just and like when they got to heaven like when they showed like what their idea of heaven was and like and like Jeremy Allen White like meeting his brother I can't like it was just like what about you for me it was when the I mean I was crying before this happened but when the mom was like everyone knows this dress everyone's gonna recognize it I was like I'm out I'm done (laughs) and their fucking mom such a good actress where did she come from oh she's everything you she was like a big 90s actress oh okay she was on ER and like a lot of other things she's incredible she was also in the affair um she's really good oh yes 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 Blair has talked about that show a lot (laughs) yeah the affair is great I just couldn't believe how like the mom was just like "Eh." 
you know, like, I'll just let the dad raise you, got you boys and do whatever he wants to you. And like, whenever there's an issue, you quote, fix it amongst yourselves. I was just like, you are just as much to blame as your fucking toxic ass husband. Ew. Who was incredible in that movie. He did such a good job. And he was in that, um, that show on Netflix, Mindhunter. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was so good in that. And like seeing him on the big screen, I'm like, he is such a good actor. And I hope to see him in more stuff. And also Lily James. Good job, Lily James. She killed it. She deserves to be in more stuff. I know. Oh, God. And I also, I will, I'm, and then we can move on because we can't like talk about this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will also say I absolutely lost my shit when his boys, his sons saw him crying because the whole time he's being told like, you can't cry. The dad is telling him like when his siblings die because of the dad that he's not allowed to cry. So they really, you know, they do a good job of like showing you that he didn't process like any of the trauma of his brothers, all of his brothers dying. And like his sons being like, everybody cries. Like it was so simple. Like, they're like, we cry all the time. Like every person cries, you can cry. And, you know, like his, you know, when people have children and it like heals their childhood trauma, like it was that. My only worry is now his kids are trying to be wrestlers, like in yeah. real life. So I'm kind of like, oh, the family curse. It keeps on going. Right. You would think that he'd be like, you guys can be like therapists. <laughs> right. Literally, be sports therapists, help people that wrestle. Right. <laughs> um, so I haven't really talked about Ultimate Girls Trip. I know, like, I always do like a Bravo moment, but I haven't talked about Roni. And I'm just like, it's bringing me so much joy. It's like making me so happy. It's like the actual pure definition of escapism is Ultimate Girls Trip right now. It's, it's really just- good. It's it's fun and it's low stakes and it's silly. And the thing about the, the Roni cast, like, I don't know what the future holds for them. But, like, everything about them being together is just so, it, it's like lightning in a bottle. And when they get together, it feels like no time has passed. No matter how you, like, Yahtzee out those women. No matter how you shake it up and they all come out and whatever ones show up, whether it's Kelly Ben Simone or, like, Kristen or whoever... When they get together, it just feels like Roni. And like, that's my favorite thing about it. Like, it everything just makes sense. To- Sonia walking around with her tits out and like asking for Dorinda to tape up her boobs. And like, all of it is just great. Um, I think my biggest takeaway, honestly, is that having not been on television for eight years, Kristen Tateman is absolutely... <laughs> killing it like she is the star of the show she's so funny she's like so great on camera like she's just absolutely destroying it and the most shocking thing is that in however many years it's been like 12 years or whatever since scary island nothing about kelly ben simone has changed (laughs) at all she's done no like mentally she's like not developed at all mentally like she's done no work her her take on scary island is still batshit <laughs> and wrong 
And she's the same. She argues the same. She's just as delusional. Like, she's out of her fucking mind. But I love this show so much. I loved it. I know this is like the first episode, but when Kristen is like, well, you're on break and Dorinda's head spun around four times. <laughs> and then she's like, well, you got fired. When then she goes, she goes, eagles don't fly with pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I really like the scavenger hunt they did. I thought that was like a really yeah. fun way to break it up. I thought so too. And a fun way to be nostalgic without being like too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also just so obsessed with this era of Luann where she just seems so like confident in being herself for the first time really on TV. Because for so long, like Luann was this like character, you know, the countess. And then like we slowly like started to see her like come out of that a little too much. She was like unhinged. And now she's this perfect like balance of all those things. And she's just such a great reality star. Like she's so funny and stunning. Like she's so beautiful. Like she's like hot as fuck. Know who else looks great? Sonia. Like I have yes. obviously been watching older seasons and to see her, the work that she's had done and how good she looks. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Do you think that she looks like Barbara Streisand? Cause that's how I always think she looks like. She kind of reminds me of Martha Stewart a little. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. Like they remind me of each other. And maybe it's just because Martha Stewart's like a waspy rich woman. I don't know. <laughs> With blonde eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. She looks incredible. And I also, I'm just like, I can't get over Kristen. I can't get over the resurgence of Kristen Takeman. Like, bravo, figure it out. Put her somewhere, do something. She is a star. Like, obviously, I know Ramona is still heavily featured in this. But mm. I wonder if Bravo has taken out some of her clips. Because I feel like she's not in it as much as I expected her to be in it. Yeah, I know. I've also That's another thing that I'm like, wow, this is really surreal to watch, like, the last thing that Ramona Singer... You know, having watched this now since I was, like, in high school. Mm-hmm. It's like, the basically the last time we'll see Ramona Singer in this group, on, on this show, on this network. Like, this is her, like, swan song. And, you know, I mean, it feels appropriate. Like, Ramona is now, like, a kooky old, like, white lady from New York who's, like, racist. And it's, like, not as, it's not cute anymore. You know what I mean? No, I even saw she posted her New Year's picture with, like, the big um, Indigenous person above the fireplace. And Luann yeah. was like, could you be more, or whatever she said. She said, that's not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um it's great if you haven't watched if you are a housewives fan and you haven't watched girls trip yet i highly suggest it so something else i finally got around to watch uh natalia grace and i never watched it because i knew how mad it would make me but i didn't understand how truly mad it would make me mm-hmm. and i know they just released natalia speaks i watched that this morning but like what do you mean you think she could have been an adult? And then to the people like being like, well, she was pretty aggressive to the parents. They were pepper spraying her. I would have been a feral animal if someone treated me the way they treated her. The dad. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with internet's best converting checkouts, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% off all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blinds. He is... He is a crazy person. How are they not in jail? I don't know. And then him like talking about his wife, like, like she's some fucking femme fatale. Like she's, it's insane. Like, it's just like, are are you really, this is your story that you're trying, like she all of a sudden became like a, like a, a, a sexual thriller character. And that's what led you to this. Well, I don't know. They just talked about it in the newest episodes that were released. And like the rights to her life were actually signed away because of one of her sons is super smart. And Rosamund Pike was supposed to play her in a movie. And I'm like, she should play her now. Like right. what we know now about her. Oh my God. And the sons. The sons. Just all of it's so crazy. And like. I don't, have you watched the newest episode, like the Natalia Speaks, her side of it? No, I haven't seen that yet. I've only watched the, the like doc. So it's really nice to like hear her actually telling her side of things. And I think there's going to be more episodes, but it ends with her sitting next to the dad, Michael, I think his name was. Mm -hmm. And he sits down and he's like, oh, I was abused too, right? Like, this is crazy. We're both victims of abuse. And for some reason, all I could think of was Jax Taylor all coked out. Like the way his eyes were bunging out of his head. And I can totally picture Jax Taylor sitting down being like, I had it tough too, huh? Like, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? In another world where Jax wears like a fat suit, he could play him. Absolutely. They have this, yeah, you're right. It's the eyes. It's like those crazy bulging eyes. And him like, he just made me so uncomfortable. And the tears, the crying. Yeah. And just all of it. And I have seen people on Reddit, on Twitter, on whatever, being like, well, she did, like, I do believe she was standing at the end of the bed with a knife. Okay. (laughs) I would be too. Yeah. And then they sent a nine-year-old to live by herself. That's the craziest part. Are you fucking kidding? And got her, whoever said she was 22, whatever judge put that through, put him in jail too. 
for sure because that really the judge that okayed that fucked up so much of her life like without realizing it you know and I think that was for me the absolute craziest thing was like them sending her to that apartment and trying to act like they didn't know that they just basically put a, a child in an apartment and told her to figure it out and like even her neighbors being like you know she didn't have social skills she would like run to our if she would look out the window and see if we were coming home and then try and come into our houses she wasn't bathing it's like yeah she was a fucking child she had baby teeth still yeah oh and like she's yeah coming over your house and playing with your kids toys i'm like my blood is boiling we need to talk about something else just it's so good to watch the the new one though you'll have to it's so good and like the way she speaks, she's so composed and it's so beautiful to see that now she's in this family that's loving and hugs her and just loves her. And that Christine woman, if I ever see her, I'll say on, you know how I said, I'll never die on a hill. This hill, I will beat the shit out of her. Michael's like, she sent me photos of her panties. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> and I know this is going to be mean, but when I found out who she was sending sex to, I did not expect to see who I saw. I know. And there's a part of me that wonders if, like, she was humiliated that she was attracted to that. So she, like, adopted someone to hum- humiliate. I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, unspoken, we- like, mental health stuff going on from the whole, from everybody, from everybody in the family. <laughs> and the doctors and the judge. Like, what the yeah. fuck? She sent me her panties. Like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the press cycle right now for the color purple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because... I am a woman obsessed, okay? I cannot stop watching these interviews. I have cried with Taraji. I have cried with Fantasia. I have been crying. I haven't even seen The Color Purple yet, and I've cried (laughs) at least four times because of the cast. (laughs) Like, I just, it's so crazy to me to see back to back to back these Oprah blunders happen publicly because Oprah, the thing that people don't understand, especially the younger people who didn't live through the 4 p.m. everyday Oprah decade, is like Oprah was a media like maven. You couldn't get one over on Oprah. And if you did, she knew better than anybody how to cover it up, how to move past it, how to control the narrative. And I just think like in an internet world, Oprah is not, she. it's not 90s Oprah. Mm-hmm. It's not the late two thousands Oprah. She can't control these narratives, and to see Taraji basically validate everything that Monique said years ago was just insane to me. And to hear these women talk about like, yeah, we're on this big ass press tour for this movie, but like, we're still not being fucking paid. Like, we're still not being paid, and we and we are supposed to pretend that we're just so grateful to be thought of and it's like how how long how long are you supposed to do that when you're Taraji P Henson and you've been doing this now for however many years it's no seek like it from at one point it was like sure you could say that not many people knew that Taraji was as talented as she is now everybody fucking knows Mm -hmm. nobody doesn't know that Taraji P Henson is like up there with like a Viola Davis and we've even seen Viola Davis say 
even though I'm supposed to be the black Ju like Julianne Moore or Meryl Streep, I'm still not being paid properly. So if Viola Davis isn't, it just makes you wonder like, God, like how much are they fucking offering Taraji? And then it goes down the list, you know? Yeah, I was going to say like the Fantasia story always breaks my heart because I do think she's one of the best winners of American Idol. Yeah. But like, her story should have inspired a bunch of people. And I feel like people made a joke of it instead, mm -hmm. especially I think she, her lifetime movie, instead of being like, you know what? It's really incredible that this woman who couldn't, she was illiterate, couldn't read or write, was able to win this competition. And instead people were just like, do you know, she's like stupid and can't read or write. Yeah. It's absolutely fucking insane. And the fan fantasia of it all, it's like this role should not be so traumatic for her. Mm -hmm. Like, this should be, like, a really triumphant moment that she took this from the stage to the screen. This is her role. But, like, instead, she has all this trauma attached to it. And, like, I'm also, I will say the the narrative really annoys me of people being, like, oh, Monique was right all along. We should have listened to Monique. What about what Monique said did you not comprehend when she said it? Mm -hmm. Why did you have to see... Raji P. Henson crying and like scream crying during the press for this movie for you to validate what Monique said. All she said was that she wasn't being paid properly and that they were asking her to do more shit for free. And she said, no. So what about that is so like, it took you 10 years to be like, oh, she was right. I don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think I don't know with Monique. I she definitely got blackballed after Precious. There's no way you can deny that. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. She Taraji's not saying anything different. Maybe she's just packaging it differently. Yeah, and like people are on the other side of like being able to critique Oprah. I think that when Monique yeah. came out, it was like still kind of weird to like say anything bad about Oprah publicly. Like Yeah, like, you're you're totally right. And same with Tyler Perry. Like you couldn't really talk about him. But one of my, I don't know if it's favorite parts of this uh, press tour, are the pictures on top of the Empire State Building. The ice cold. <laughs> so on TikTok, if you guys haven't seen, there's this um, body language expert who had a video go viral where she was explaining like the tension between the cast. And it was really obvious that Taraji had been crying. She was like looking up at the sky and doing that blinking thing that everybody does when you don't want to cry in public. And Oprah didn't want to stand next to her. Mm -hmm. And it was just so awkward. It was like very clear that like something had just happened before they went up there. Um, and yeah, I, I just like the Oprah of it all is just so disappointing because Bitch, you can afford to fucking pay these women. Pay these women. Don't you want that headline? We talked about this with the Hawaii thing. You have enough money, even if it's not genuine, to just publicly save face mm -hmm. and throw money on your problems. Are you that fucking stingy that you won't even just pay them properly just for the headline? Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. I mean... It's so weird being someone who grew up in the 90s, early 2000s and being able to talk shit about Oprah. It doesn't, it still almost doesn't feel okay. Mm -hmm. 
like I'm, you, I'm okay with it yeah like talking about this out loud i mean like even with like wrinkle in time i think oprah really dropped the ball with that movie agreed and it's so weird to be able to say that i agree and we during our last like happy hour we talked a lot about oprah and you know i think like you know i always say several things can be true at once and i think Oprah can be a stingy, money-hungry vampire while also having done so much good. And, like, I know that I'm a... I have benefited in life from having been an Oprah fan and, like, watching the Oprah show. And, like, I learned so much about myself from growing up and watching Oprah. And those things are all still true. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that Oprah's not a a vampire. Because she is, you know? I don't think you can get to where Oprah is and not be one. Totally. I agree. Good billionaire. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. And I was like, I was going to say that goes for all celebrities across the board. I don't think you can get to be a Beyonce or a Taylor Swift or an Oprah or a Tom Cruise or Steven Spielberg and be a good person all the yeah. time. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I'm excited to see the color purple, though. I've heard it's amazing. I hope they all get Oscar noms. That's what I hope for them. Me too. And money. <laughs> and, and money. Um, so this is really funny. And I don't know if anyone else will find it funny, but I did. Because there are some things that just don't need to be captioned when you post it, right? So AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys posted, As you all know, we've been separated for over a year now. And I thought this was going to be a Backstreet Boys breakup post and I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> But it says, while we've hoped for reconciliation, we've decided to officially end our marriage. It's with deep love and respect that we've made this decision. Our focus is now moving forward in the healthiest possible way with friendship and co-parenting our girls at the forefront of this next chapter. We appreciate your kindness, respect, and privacy at this time. Thank you, Alexander and Rochelle McLean. Perfect. Great statement. Leave it at that. He put like the crying face emoji as a caption (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like it reminded me of when Matthew Morrison posted the picture with Mark um Salling and Corey Monteith with like the the angel sad face emoji and other angel and I'm like you could have just like left it or or put the statement in the caption just to reiterate yeah like there's no emoji serious enough to (laughs) It's just, it's going to be awkward no matter what. Just don't post anything. I don't know. I just wanted to say, I thought it was so fucking funny. Has he been married to the same woman like this whole time? Yeah, for a while. But allegedly, I need to get on whatever like Backstreet Boys snark Reddit there is. Because allegedly he's been like cheating on her a lot and cheated on her during their whole marriage. He has been open about not being sober as much as he said he was. Um, but yeah, he's been with Rochelle since for a while, at least like 10 years now. Wow. I didn't, I mean, I guess it's like, I mean, we say it all the time. Like, is anybody not cheating? Like, do you marry a Backstreet Boy and think that they'll be faithful to you for like eternity? Doesn't matter if you marry them in 98 or like 2024. Like they're probably gonna fuck a groupie. Right. There's going to be some millennial women, woman ready to like pull her hands down for AJ. If O-Town still has groupies, Backstreet Boys definitely have groupies. For sure. <laughs> God. 
So speaking of Backstreet Boys, this is Backstreet Boys adjacent. Nick Carter and Aaron Carter's sister, over our two-week break, Bobby Jean Carter passed away, which is so sad. That's three out of, honestly, like Von Erichs, three mm-hmm. out of the five have passed away. The dad has passed away. Um, Bobby Jean allegedly had drugs in her system. I don't think the full report has been back yet. She was found unresponsive in her bathroom, just like Aaron was, which is kind of creepy. Um, Bobby Jean also has been arrested over the course of the past few years. Her baby's father passed away a few years ago. So her um, daughter is actually going to be in the care of someone on her dad's side because a lot of people were nervous that the mother Carter, Jean Carter, was going to get custody over this child. And luckily she's not. Talk about a family curse. My, I thought about the Carters while I was watching that movie. It's, it's hard. And like, obviously Nick Carter is not a good guy and we can say that, but like the trauma of losing basically all your family. I can't imagine that. Honestly, especially because it's not like he can really, like he chooses not to address it. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because at this point like he probably should talk to the media the least amount possible mm-hmm. with all the skeletons that nick carter is hiding in his closet but it's like i can't i like you said i just can't imagine what that feels like and what he's actually dealing with while also trying to like be sober if he even is still sober it's just that family is so sad And that's the perfect example of a family just having kids to be famous. Yeah. I could not stop thinking about them during that movie. I was like, wow, the the Carter curse is like alive and well. And what's so crazy is Angel Carter, who is Aaron's twin, she's still alive and she's the one always posting about it. And I'm like, I can't imagine what that's like for her either. And also with everything that has come out about Nick Carter, like Angel must just be like, How come I'm the good one? How come nothing has happened like directly to me? I wonder if she has some kind of guilt. Like survivor guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've watched, um, if you've watched House of Carters, like, you know, like they had, they weren't the kind of siblings that were like, oh, we only see each other once in a while. Like they were like very like intertwined in each other's lives in like really dark ways. Like, like Nick being like their dad sometimes, but like, Obviously, Nick Carter has no, should not have been the responsible one. Like, they just had very unique dynamics. And they all lived on the same compound for a while in Florida. I think you can watch it on YouTube, but if you get bored, watch the Aaron and Nick episode of Cribs. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so crazy. I haven't watched um, any, like, young Nick and Aaron stuff since Aaron passed away because I just, like, can't do it. It's so hard. And I really want like a true, true deep dive documentary in four parts on Netflix about the Carter family. One day we'll get it when we're like really old. And it's like, a, it's like, it's like how Elvis right now is, has like 12 movies out in like 20 years, we'll get a Carter story. And we'll be producing it. <laughs> right. Literally. This week's episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Is your holiday hangover making getting dressed feel like a chore and a bore? Welcome the new year with a resolution for personalized style that reflects the real you, courtesy of Stitch Fix's expert team of personal stylists. 
Ever considered your clothes as the storybook of your life's chapters? Picture having the ideal wardrobe to match your 2024 era. Whether you're picking up a new activity this year, looking for maternity wear, or simply bored of your old choices, the stylist at Stitch Fix can curate the perfect look for your unique journey. Are you frustrated with not having the right wardrobe to match your evolving lifestyle? Whether you're going on vacation, looking for maternity wear, or simply bored of your old choices, the stylist at Stitch Fix makes sure that you always have something to wear. Stitch Fix is the best way to shop new styles and brands. Think of them as your style partners. Your stylist will learn about your taste and collaborate with you on looks that you love without breaking the bank. With your choices in mind and sizes from extra small to 3XL, they'll find the perfect fit. So I actually just did my Stitch Fix quiz like in between us recording like 10 minutes ago. So this is very ironic. And it was the best quiz that I feel like I've taken because I've done a bunch of those what's your style quiz, whatever. And this one was actually very specific. And I actually trust that the things coming to my home will not only fit me, but will actually be things that I would wear. I've done some of those other boxes where I get stuff and I'm like, oh, you 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 think that I want a neon orange vest or something like super random. Um, but this is actually stuff that I would wear and I'm excited. And it's very size inclusive. Thanks, Stitch Fix. They just get me. And they'll get you too. Try it today at stitchfix.com slash blinds and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash blinds. Stitchfix.com slash blinds. So every once in a while, I am not a Bachelor Nation girl, but there's always a scandal every few years that really like brings me in. And the only season I ever watched of The Bachelorette was the one with Tasha. Mm-hmm. So I saw that Caitlin Bristow may be allegedly dating Zach Clark, the winner of Tasha's season. And for people who aren't familiar, here's a quick rundown that I just got so I can be more familiar. <laughs> Caitlin and Sean Booth were together for almost three years. He's the one who won her season. And then Caitlin allegedly hooked up with Jason Tartik immediately after Sean. Her and Jason got engaged. They broke up back in August. And I guess Jason was on Chris Harrison's podcast, like crying over Caitlin, maybe two or three weeks ago, like very recent. So now, two weeks later, she's seen with Zach, who won Tasha's season. And of course, Caitlin and Tasha also hosted a season of Bachelorette together. Now, I think I'm so obsessed with this because I love when people put out crazy statements and say fucking nothing. Okay. (laughs) So this is from her Instagram story. You would think by now I'd be used to the hate. I'm not. Your words hurt. Your shaming hurts. Part of me feels a little sad and honestly embarrassed for you guys because this shouldn't be how you spend day one of New Year. You should not be this invested in someone you don't even know or respect. It's actually scary. And I know looking inward might be even scarier for you, but the bullying is next level. You're allowed to have opinions and feelings, but you don't know the truth and your hate should actually come with consequences. I truly worry about some of your mental health. It's not okay. It's not. 
Please, please feel ashamed of yourselves for treating someone this way who you don't know. I did not kill someone. I had a party with some of my favorite people. Shame on you. Not to mention, I'm not one-dimensional. What you see on people's social media does not mean you know them. And this part might sting, but I would never, ever want to switch places with you. Your life seems so sad. So I will not take the opinions of someone who I would not trade places with. Y'all want to feel big, loud, and important, but you are small-minded and sad. Thank you to everyone who's kind on my platform. Love you guys. You're the real ones. I wish I could just share my truth and tell you my side. It's hard to bite my dang tongue sometimes, but you just go on and continue to have your own little made-up story in your head and believe what you want to believe. Social media, la 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 land. Good lord. (laughs) That's a very, very Caitlin response (laughs) i mean first of all love the first slide like just being like i don't want to trade places with you you're a fucking loser call me a loser you're a loser but then she's (laughs) like i want to tell my truth i'm like girl you could have that is like bachelor nation is so easy to get caught up in too because you'll find yourself like not caring but then if you care a little bit about one thing all of a sudden (laughs) A year has gone by and you've watched 48,000 hours of television, seven <laughs> hour episodes. Like I was out of Batch Nate for so long and now the the elders got me back into it. So now I'm back <laughs> in Bachelor Nation, which is like, I never thought I would say that. But I don't know. I just thought that was fun. And like, Chris, Caitlin Bristow does get more shit than I see most people get. Like, okay, she has filters. She has what are fillers, not filters. <laughs> she has fillers, lip injections, whatever. But like, I feel like she gets so much hate. And again, I don't know if it's all necessary, but like, I don't know. That was a funny fucking story. I love Caitlin. And I originally she got a lot of hate because she basically because she openly had sex on her season and that's Mm. like you're not supposed to do that on the bachelor like you're supposed to date 40 people and be i guess not horny the whole time or something uh how dare she fuck anyone on a show that's all about having sex right (laughs) i the last thing that i wanted to talk about was natalie non because so these videos have gone viral of Natalie Nunn taking the cast of baddies to Dubai. And now that everybody knows about Dubai, the, the comments are just insane <laughs> of people being like, you guys are there escorting. You guys are there getting shit on by people. You guys are being peed on. Like the comments are insane to the point that a few of them have had to respond online and be like, there are other reasons to come to Dubai. Um, you know, it's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But like, Natalie not only goes to Dubai for a handful of reasons, and we all know why. (laughs) And the reason I wanted to talk about her is because, of course, I'm watching Baddies. I'm a big fan of Baddies, and I'll watch any iteration of Bad Girls Club, whether it's being produced by real producers or Natalie Nunn. Um, You're so funny. I just think it's so interesting that she's like, on this Black network, She's like in charge, basically in charge of all these black women. And I'm a Bad Girls Club fan. Like I remember Natalie's season of Bad Girls Club. I remember all of her comments about dark-skinned women. I remember her talking for years about how much she calling them monkeys and apes and all of this shit. And 
um, talking about how dark-skinned girls don't get into clubs in LA and blah, blah, blah. And Natalie is one of those girls that was very much like, she's a code switcher. So she went from being this woman who like says all these horrendous things about Black women and tried to separate herself from Black women in the early stages of her reality TV career. And now she's an executive producer on a Black network, basically pimping out these girls. And I'm sorry, but like Natalie Nunn is a fucking madam. Like she's a pimp. And if you go back and rewatch her season of Bad Girls Club, it's obvious that she is like yachting way before anybody had terms for it. That was the early 2000s. She talks on her season about like, like wealthy white men that she dances for and they take her on trips and they buy her plane tickets. And she was like one of the girls even back then. So this is not new to Natalie, but I just find it really like, disturbing that now she's like now she loves the black community and she's totally taking advantage of these girls she's manipulating them I mean in I guess it was like what like a a few weeks ago like video or photos came out of her like fucking one of the cast members Scotty and it's rumored that Scotty and Natalie are fucking the owners of Zeus Network and Tommy Lee has also come out and said like yeah of course Natalie's like fucking everybody at Zeus and her husband knows and it's how they make money the whole thing is just insane and I believe that Natalie is pimping out Scotty and that she's taking her to Dubai and making money off of her and there have also been other stories of girls who have had horror stories going to Africa with Natalie and her threatening them and saying that she'll take their passports if they don't sleep with people. Like this whole thing is fucking insane. And I've got my eyes peeled. Like I'm just, I, I do not take my eyes off of Natalie Nunn and I will never. And that's all I have to really say about it. I was going to say, do you think there's going to be like a big like article breaking about it? Or like, do you think anyone's going to really talk about what she's, I'll say allegedly clearly doing. <laughs> um, Not enough that it'll matter because I think that people see Zeus Network as just like a ghetto network that nobody really cares about. And what goes on at Zeus is already so insane. Like it's very clear what they're doing. And if you get it, you get it. And I think a lot of people that watch know what's going on, but there's like, I don't think anything will come of it. But some there were videos that just came out of Natalie and one of the cast members like going down on each other. Oh. And yeah. <laughs> You've piqued my interest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've gotten a lot of di- DMs about this. We also have to talk about Amanda Bynes and this podcast. Um, so if you don't know, Amanda Bynes is doing, well, she was doing a podcast with this guy, Paul Siminski, and the podcast kind of went viral on TikTok, I would say, just like in mm-hmm. clip form, because it's, you know, Amanda Bynes is going to make headlines no matter what, whether it's good or bad, like people are going to follow what she's doing. And it got people like searching and trying to figure out who this Paul guy is. 
And then a few people came forward on TikTok and talked about their experiences with him, that he's this like brainwashing, manipulative, abusive, cult leader vibes guy who um, sacrificed his ex's dogs for his like cult beliefs to the moon or whatever. So he's killed multiple dogs. Um, just, and it's like, mostly people being like, how the fuck did Amanda Bynes find another guy like this to have in her life? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Obviously she was just out of rehab when she met him. So I almost wonder if there was some connection in there and like he maybe preyed on her, but it it worries me a lot. And I keep getting feels of like, Brittany Murphy and her weird ex-husband like there's just something so off about it and obviously Amanda Bynes is not the Amanda Bynes that we grew up with like that is that is gone which is so sad but like she just seems to get worse you know like I still remember her interview with Paper Magazine which feels like a few years ago it could have been a decade ago and I was really hoping that would have been like her track back into Hollywood. And I think it was for a second, but after the alleged drug use and whatever Paul is up to, I don't think Paul would even let her be a star. If say like, I'm going to use Kiki Palmer because I want her in a rom-com so bad, but say if Kiki Palmer was like, Amanda, I have this role for you. I think you'd be great in it. Paul would be like, she's not allowed. Yeah. Like he's not going to allow her to even, get a chance to become a Hollywood star again. Yeah. And like, I don't know, just based on the clips and stuff, like what we saw of the podcast, like, I just don't think that at this point, Amanda is meant for public consumption. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of gross that it is. Yeah. Like, I don't like it. And I don't, I, I don't think that she's meant to be viral. Like, I think that those days are gone and they should be gone. And I don't know. It just, it scares me. It makes me feel uncomfortable. He freaks me out. And ironically, of all the people to like come forward and talk about him being a creep. Um, if you guys are old school YouTubers, you'll know who this is. But Glitter Forever 17, who has had like a resurgence on TikTok after youtube fame and like losing all her money and like restarting her life um she knows him so she also came out and was like Mm. he's a creep she talked about him sacrificing the dogs and all of this stuff like it's been confirmed by several people that he's like a very not good guy so and i think it's hasn't been funny for a long time agreed yeah yeah the last thing i wanted to talk about was paula abdul Um, I don't know if everyone's familiar. Paula Abdul has accused former American Idol producer of sexual assault, and that's Nigel Lithgow, who also has done So You Think You Can Dance. So she's worked with him for a really long time, and this is from the Washington Post. Abdul accused Lithgow of sexually assaulting her on two occasions. The first incident took place during the early season of American Idol, and the second happened about a decade later, while Abdul, Ab- while Abdul was 61, working on So You Think You Can Dance. 
Um, Nigel Lithgow has called the allegations false. He said he'd fight everything because it's a smear campaign. But what Washington Post doesn't say is that Nigel Lithgow also was quoted saying this. He said, while Paula's history of erratic behavior is well known, I can't pretend to understand exactly why she would file a lawsuit that she must know is untrue. I can promise that I will fight this appalling smear with everything I have. Not her erratic behavior. What is it? 2005? Right. Paula hasn't done anything in years to be called erratic. Like, you're talking about her having a weird interview 20 years ago. Right, and being, like, weird on American Idol. Yeah. I don't know. It really bugs me. And as someone who has loved American Idol since the day it aired, I do think that this is just the tipping point for the show. And I think that a lot of really dark stuff is going to come out about the show, which I think we all know. You know, I am sure they were fucking contestants and I am sure they promised contestants the world. And I mean, all the contestants are like, thank God I didn't win. So I didn't get that shitty fucking contract that they give all the winners. So I do think this is just tip of the iceberg for American Idol. And that statement by Nigel, originally I was like, you know, maybe he did it because I'd be pissed if someone accused me falsely of that as well. But I'm also smart enough to not be like, wow, this woman's crazy. Let's just keep calling her crazy and hope it works. You know, I am ready for the American Idol, like, tell-all documentary, whatever it's going to be. Because, yeah, that was, like, such a Wild West era Mm -hmm. for reality TV. And, like, people could get away with crazy shit. It's like, yeah, for like, we know that even Paula was, like, hooking up with that one contestant that he came forward and said, like, we were having an affair. You can't tell me that simon cowell wasn't fucking bikini girl or whatever you know what i mean like there's a lot that has to come out from that show but i'm in shock that this is happening though i know and i proud of paula for doing it get the ball rolling and i wonder if you know with nigel if this is going to bring down simon if this is because he is the executive producer or creator i think of so many fucking shows Mm -hmm. i don't know what will bring down simon but I hope that it happens before I'm dead. I would love to see it because it could come from so many angles. Right. Fifth Harmony, Little Mix, One Direction. Susan yeah. Boyle. I want Susan Boyle to take fucking Simon Cowell down. <laughs> Her and Nicole Schorzenberger linked arms. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Paula Abdul has been used and abused time and time again by this entertainment industry. And you know what? I'm glad that she's finally fucking speaking out. I agree. Mm. And- Should we end the episode by saying shout out to Gypsy Rose and I hope that her um, documentary does really well. I'm excited to watch it. And I'm excited she's a Dr. Pepper girl like me. <laughs> <laughs> she's been posting a couple TikToks and they're so oh, cute. She's just so sweet. And yeah, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm like nervous for her. But I'm excited for her to collect the bag. I am too. But I also wish there was a different way for her to be brought back into the public eye. Like, I wish that there was almost like a a halfway house kind of situation. Because her life has never been normal. And it won't ever be normal. But I wish there was somewhere she could go to like slowly ease into 
living with <laughs> with us people again. Yeah, because people have already been like taking pictures of her out in public and like, you know, I'm just nervous for her. But I'm I'm excited. She's gonna no matter what, she's gonna make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. And like she deserves it at this point. And I think the guy who killed his mom her mom should be retrialed. I don't know if life in prison is the correct. I mean, obviously don't murder people. That's not good. But I almost think he needs to be in like a mental facility rather than like jail for the rest of his life. I agree. And also I will end the episode by saying that her dad is so hot. (laughs) Wait, I need to look. Why is he so hot? Whenever he pops up on my For You page on TikTok, the search is always Gypsy Rose or Gypsy Rose's attractive dad or something like creepy. Like he's like... Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. Um, do you have any like resolutions that we can end with? Is there anything that you kind of wanted to put out there for 20? We are very powerful manifestors. <sighs> so I actually have one more thing to add to the pop culture. Okay. I think there's going to be a Blake and Ryan breakup. I I think you're right about that. Because she was spotted without her ring before all like the Chiefs games hoopla, let's call it. And Blake Lively does not get spotted without her ring by accident. Yeah. And then in her 2023 photo dump, no pictures with Ryan. I could see that. I could totally see that happening. I think that you're right about that. I feel like that's something that's going to happen. And I think it'll happen quietly. And I almost think it's like perfect time. They just had another kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ryan is going to be doing his Deadpool promotion like he always does. And... But they're going to stay, like, really supportive of each other. I'm trying to think of what I feel like. I mean, I already said that I think that Jay-Z is going to have a moment. Mm-hmm. And I still, I still stand behind that. I think that at some point in 2024, Jay-Z will be examined, if you will, or looked at different by people. Um, I will say, <laughs> what do I want to manifest? Or for oh, yourself. Can- this could even be, like, a resolution for you resolution for me okay my resolution is that I'm going to because I have no choice but to move fairly soon (laughs) um and without getting in too deep into my apartment woes my resolution for myself is that I'm going to like really I'm I I want to make my home like a sanctuary because I haven't felt that all year and I just want like I want to be so at peace at home that I never want to leave that is so beautiful. And I feel like you're <laughs> someone who's always on the go. And I mean, since you got to New York, I've always thought it's because your apartment didn't exactly add up to what it was promised. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I would say for me, you know, I'm going to stick no alcohol. I do want to really stick with that because I, I think I'm a lot better overall in general. Um, but less soda. I drink a lot of soda. And I think I, I drink it like every day and I want to get down to like three times a week, then eventually like once a week, but I want to do it slowly. Cause I know like cold Turkey won't work for a soda with me. Are you a diet Coke girl? I'm a diet Coke and diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, the two juggernauts. You got two. That's like intense. <laughs> it's like the worst addiction I've ever had. The diet Coke girls, there should be a documentary. A hundred percent because I used to never drink Diet Coke. Then one day I just decided to like switch it up and I never looked back. (laughs) 
one day we're gonna find that diet coke is like has some wildly addicting chemical in it that is like secret because there's nothing like a diet coke girl they are just a specific like and they are amongst us like they are everywhere but nobody is more loyal to a brand than the diet coke girls I saw this reductress post and it was like the Diet Coke, uh, they still keep a little cocaine in that. I'm like, that makes more sense. Yeah, there has to be. <laughs> They're like, just a little, just enough to keep them on the sauce. But thank you guys so, so much for listening. We're really excited for 2024. Actual tour dates should be coming out soonish. Um, we have new, the- new places. New places, yes. We know we, <laughs> Boston and New York, we spoiled you. <laughs> Right. And more fun collabs. I mean, I'm obsessed with these wax melts and body scrubs. I'll say that. Me too. And like more fun merch. I'm excited for us to like create, you know, come up with some new merch designs. And I'm just excited for 2024. And yeah, and we're excited you guys will be along for the ride. We love you beyond words, beyond the blinds, if you will. uh, Thank you so much for supporting us. And we're excited for a new year. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.